0: Hoodoo plant mamas Get your soul fed And your spirit red This here ain't no trend I possess the power from way back when Back when folk was stripped from all of their kin, So they had to find the magic within Ancestors together gather my earth. I conjure at my altar Hoodoo plant mamas I manifest growth and I release trauma. Child, we just out here trying to water our plants and mind our business, you know? Everybody, if i of the deep south, man, everybody can have a culture like us. Hey, y'all, welcome to another episode of Hoodoo Plant Mamas. I'm Lynn Nicole. <laughs> and I'm Danny B. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. This is our last episode of 2020 and we are so excited to be wrapping up our first season. We're so happy with all of the support that we've gotten this season. So to start us off with this episode, we are going to check in. Danny B., how are you doing? You know what? I'm doing really good this morning. I Made myself some breakfast. I've also started like a workout regimen. This is my rest day and I'm sore as hell. But I made some, myself some breakfast. I thank my food for being so good and nourishing me. I thank myself because I did that. And <laughs> yeah, and I then I had some time at my altar. So I feel like really good this morning. I'm super thankful. And I think that my body... Is happy to be moving again after months of me just like being, um, what's the word? Lord, I keep getting into grad school. What's that word again? Anyway, just not having a lot of movement. What about you? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I recently finished my first draft of my book. So I'm pretty excited about that. You got to insert some like hand claps into there. So it could be like. A... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And excited to take a break. Um, I don't know if I'm writing. I'll probably still like write and revise like poems and short stories and essays I'm working on. But I'm excited to have written a book this year. I started this year with the intention to finish the book. I started it last November uh, after my therapist told me it would be really good for um, to make sense out of my life or to make sense out of trauma. And when I finished, it was this like epiphany of kind of me seeing the cycles in my life and then also me seeing... Kind of the good that came when I needed it. So yeah, that's how I'm doing. I'm very grateful <laughs> to finish that book. And speaking of which, let's talk about some gratitude. What are you grateful for, Danny? Um, I'm grateful for my body for being healthy and allowing me to exercise. Um. I'm grateful for showing myself, you know, love and patience through this process of me just like doing something for myself. So I was like, I'm not going to wait till the new year and be like, oh, I'm going to start working out again and start doing this and start trying to eat more balanced. I'm just going to start now. Um, So I'm thankful for that. And I'm super thankful we made it to our final episode. I'm like we've had. So much support, like, I think more support than we expected. And we're super thankful for the ways I, well, oh, I'm saying we, but I know we both are, but I'm super thankful for the ways this podcast has, like, resonated with so many people, especially people that are, like, Southerners or people that are descendants of Mississippi that may not live here, but they have family that is from here. I'm I'm so glad that y'all found us um, and that we could be, like, your connection to this place so into the south as a whole i echo that i'm also very grateful i love when y'all message our pages and is and are like i love this part of this episode i love that you are doing this work because we really love and appreciate your support it is literally keeping this podcast going and i just want to say i'm grateful to black women (laughs) Um, I would not have finished this book if I would not even have even started it if it was not for my therapist telling me that kind of like for me I was in my head. I was like I can't write a book until I'm a certain age or I've lived a certain experience or all these things and it was just her affirming me and, and being like if you feel you're ready to write it, you can write it. I also want to thank you, Danny, for <laughs> always being <laughs> for always providing great feedback on my writing, for always being encouraging, sending me writing opportunities um, and keeping me going. And I also wanna thank my friend Petra when we started our writing group in May um, because we were home and we had the space and we both had writing goals this year. I think I had 12,000 words and now I have 60,000 words um, because of her. So I'm grateful to all of these Black women, because without y'all, I would not have finished this book. <laughs> so thank y'all. Listen, I'm so excited for you, because I know how, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't know, because I ain't finished the book yet, but I can imagine. So I'm really glad that you got all the support um, you needed to get that finished. So here's the 2021 being the year that that gets picked up somewhere. Um, so I actually wanted to talk about like ATR, celebrity culture and discernment. Um, and I think this is all like related. So I've been thinking about how we kind of measure morality when it comes to like one's desirability or their visibility and that kind of thing. And there's a spiritualist that. I'm not going to say their name because I ain't trying to get dragged across the social media streets. But there's a spiritualist that I knew multiple people followed and then come to find out this person was like transphobic, um, ableist, all kind of weird things that they were saying. Um, And they have a huge following. Um, And there's this thing where. People I think people graduate gravitate to spiritualists that have high follower accounts who have a certain celebrity, which is fine because I follow some of those people and they resonate with me. Um, But I think all of that is kind of wrapped up in like celebrity culture, because even celebrities can be practicing a certain spiritual tradition and people will gravitate and just take everything that they give instead of like you know, having discernment about, does this feel right for me? You know, um, especially it, especially, you know, Beyonce is a big, big one who has been kind of like visible with her engagement with like ATRs, which is fine. But I think that um, one of the things that, and I know Leah knows this too, that I've seen a lot of spiritualists say, and that I believed helped me. Um, before I even start following spiritualists on Twitter, was that you really do need to start with your ancestors. You can't assume that because somebody is popular, because somebody has wealth, or you perceive that they have wealth, that they are, you know, good or intelligent or... um, and you know, and I'm not immune to that either. And I there's a a spiritualist and and Leah, you could talk about this person that you mentioned, but there's a spiritualist, Ia, uh, Ehime. Ahime, um, and they've also stressed this. So they practice um, a a completely different spiritual tradition than than I do. Um, but one thing that they've said on social media, and they have a huge following, um, but they I also feel like they really are touching people's lives. Even they have stressed, like, start with your ancestors. Don't try to jump into all these different things or because this seems popular on social media or this seems like flashy and all of that stuff. Like, start with your ancestors and also trust when something doesn't feel right. Trust if you're following a, a spiritual person or a spiritualist. If you start getting icky vibes, disengage Don't, it's not you Like sometimes it's something inside of you That's saying, hey, that Information, that energy Is not meant for you So I'm going to stop there and see if you have any Other thoughts before I jump into the other thing I was going to mention Yeah, I wanted to um, Reiterate, I follow Someone whose name is Melanated Mama On Twitter They're like, they're young, they're like 20 And they said the same thing your ancestors come first not twitter and recently i had to go through and call a lot of spiritualists i follow because i think in the beginning i was just so hungry to learn more to have knowledge to have validation to have something that i was following everyone left and right and then i kept getting to a point where i would like go on twitter and there would be these messages and it was confusing me and I was like I don't know what I need to do and I just felt like I was going in circles to the point where I was like well these are these are like three tarot readers whose messages really resonate with me I'm gonna stick with these three I'm gonna get rid of the other 15 that are in my feed um and that's really helped me something else I wanted to talk about though is that a lot of times what I see with these spiritualists who have large follower counts is that they'll say they want Black people to reclaim hoodoo or to remember hoodoo, but then they'll go and judge Black people for the way that they're trying to remember it because not everyone has elders who practice or elders who remember their elders practicing. Not everyone has that knowledge and people are trying to remember it and they aren't doing it all the way, right? But then I saw this really shady post from someone who has hundreds of thousands of followers that was like, you're supposed to be using onion skins and not sage, but y'all don't know that. And I'm like, well, why don't you use that opportunity to educate people about this? You have this huge following. You know, people are coming to you for knowledge. Why aren't you trying to educate people? Why are you being shady? And like, part of me understands like you can't, Put everything out there in the streets because some people use it against you. But it's also like if you have this huge following, if you want black people to come back to hoodoo, you have to educate or at least quit being shady. Yeah, I also think that and I I never I never I'm never going to be that person. Even when I talk to my friends about these things, when they're then they want to learn and they ask me questions. I literally learned on my own. I did not find, you know, all of these accounts that I follow. Some of which are super helpful for me. Until um, so after I was like on this journey, I was introduced to getting to know my ancestors through an Ifa priestess and another Ifa priestess um, helped me to start getting serious about my altar. But that particular um, spiritual though the practice that they were coming from did not resonate with me but I still credit them for like helping me to get to my ancestors and once I started developing that relationship I started realizing like girl you're going to have to pull a little bit from your christian background you're going to have to because that is the lineage that you're coming from or you're going to have to pull from the earth you're going to have to be using roots and herbs um, which I'm still learning how to use and, and still reading about and trying to figure out like, well, what's this for? And I also just go with tuition, intuition. I was doing money workings before I knew what a money working was. I was just like, well, shit, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna try it and see what happened. Um Obviously now I'm, a, I'm more intentional about that um, than I was when I was just kind of like getting a thought in my head and doing it. But I do think when it comes to like liberation and people reclaiming these, you know, people aren't, you know, nobody is obligated to educate. But I think if you're for black people, you there can't be like this, this weird arrogance. And that happens a lot. I don't follow anybody like that, but sometimes it'll get retweeted on my TL. There's this weird arrogance with like, um, you need to be doing X, Y, Z, but y'all are but y'all not ready for that conversation. Well, actually, a lot of people are ready for that conversation. You know, um, and that's why, you know, one of the first podcasts I got introduced to was Juju Bay. Um, and of course, and I've told you this um, the first time you shared it with me, I was resistant for some reason. I just wasn't ready. Something inside me wasn't ready. I was like, it's too much. It's whatever that is, it's too much. And then I went back and I listened and I was like, why were you running for this? Sometimes we're just not ready to make that commitment to ourselves and to spirit. And I, but once I was, I got so much useful, um, information. I also got affirmed in a lot of the stuff that I was doing, but I definitely feel like what helped me is that I started with my people and I listened to myself when something did not feel right and when it didn't resonate. So I guess I say all that to say, like, don't internalize. I, I Sometimes we have to check out of social media because social media is becoming more and more powerful every day. And you can get a lot of information. But sometimes you got to check out because you can, you know, begin to internalize every little thing. I think and I'm not going to this is somebody that's super popular. So I'm not even going to like say what the tweet was because um, I like this person. But I remember somebody that I follow who I like and I did not follow. Says something um, Something along the lines that if you Do this particular spiritual practice You should know better You should know that this is XYZ And I like got triggered I was like well Well damn that's fucked up Like what is that supposed to mean Um, And I, I don't know I don't think it was coming for a bad place But that was a testament to myself To like girl you gotta check out Like somebody else's story Somebody else's belief it's not yours, it ain't got nothing to do with you. Take what works and leave what doesn't. Um, so I don't know if that helps, like, wraps into celebrity culture, but I think the main thing I was interested in, especially as we move forward with this podcast after this season, is that you got to, like, look within. Do not get wrapped up in this popularity Thing that's happening online and I I had to say that to myself because like you Leah when I started realizing like oh my gosh all these different black people are doing similar stuff as me I started following everybody and then you end up following people and find out later like oh no this person is kind of got some dark energy and let me tell y'all something just because somebody is a fucked up person don't mean they don't got you know juju or they can work roots And all this stuff It just means like They don't have good intentions Like everybody doesn't have to be love and light But if you intentionally go out of your way To be cruel or nasty to people I don't even want that energy It I don't care how powerful you are I don't care if your oils do work I don't want that energy or anything that I'm Buying for you I don't want that energy on a reading That you might be doing for me You know what I mean So I don't know if that makes sense, but that was on my heart. And I've been thinking a lot about that for myself. I've been had to check myself. And so I just hope that y'all will listen to your gut when it comes to social media, when it comes to spiritualists, when it comes to spiritual traditions that you might want to engage with. Yeah, I want to echo that. Listen to your intuition, because I think a lot of my spiritual practice has been intuitive um one of the most common questions is how do you build your altar and even that I started with the candle and um water and by the time I had built my altar Ia Ahime, um they wrote a post on Patreon and they were like if you want to do your um ancestral altar here are the things you have to have and I already had all those things and I didn't read about them in a book I was just like "Mm, I think I want to put this on my altar and I think I want to put that and that is a lot of this practice has been me being like what do I need what do I want where do I want to go and following my gut following what I think is best for me um And I think that was part of why it was so confusing because I think all of us want a bit of external validation. And I was on Twitter being like, well, I feel like it's this, but this person on Twitter says Aquarius for this month, they're going to be doing this. And I was like, I'm not feeling that or another one of my placements is going to be going through that. And I was like, I'm not feeling like that's going to happen. And it was always a battle between me and the outside world. But Always, always, always go with yourself first. Go with your ancestors first. Pray for discernment. And I actually think that my prayers, I know my, I know God is weary and my ancestors are too, because I stay praying like, please help me see, please give me sight. And I'm just like, you know, when I finally get, get the sight, I have to start making changes and I have to start like divesting from, from celebrity and popular culture, not um, thinking that, okay, this person that I respected, like they said XYZ. If it don't feel right for you, keep it moving. Don't internalize it as in you ain't practicing hoodoo right or you ain't doing this right or it's something wrong. It's like your spirit off the end. Like you ain't doing it like this person. No. Pray for discernment. Listen to your ancestors. Listen to your heart. Um,. And take what works from the outside work world. Um, I also want to say, and I'm, I'm sure Leah agrees. Some not everything is a message. Not everything is like has some deeper meaning. Sometimes somebody will tweet some shit. I don't know who this for, but you need to quit that job. Listen, don't quit your job because somebody tweeted that. Okay. Sometimes it's just a tweet. You'll know if the message is for you because a, a hit dog will hear it. I can I can attest that will feel it. I can attest to that. So I just want to say, like everything, ain't gotta be deep, either. So be careful, discern, listen to your folks and yourself. Now we can take Amen. a break if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> we can go ahead and take a break then, unless you have something else. No, we can take, take a, a break. break. Cool. Friendly reminder that if you love our show and want to support us, you can join our Patreon. You can give as little as $1 a month. Our tiers start at $3 and you can access exclusive content like mini episodes, weekly or bi-weekly tarot readings, depending on whichever tier you're on, and answers to your plant questions. You can also drop a donation on Cash App or PayPal. Any amount is appreciated and your donations help sustain the podcast of Two Black Women. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, email us at hoodooplantmamas at gmail.com. We especially want to work with Black POC-owned and queer-owned businesses. But if you're a white business wanting to be a good ally and drop some coins on us, we'll take that too. Let's get back to the show. Now that we're back, I want to talk about something that's been bothering me because y'all are mean. I am sick of this Aquarius slander. Every time I get on Twitter, all I hear is about how Aquarius don't have feelings, Aquarius or Aquarians don't, aren't nice, Aquarians. It's just like all of this stuff that y'all keep saying. And it, like, it reminds me when I was younger, something people told me all the time was that I thought I was better than everyone else. And so um, a little bit about my, my big four placement, it's dominated by water. So when people told me that I would like start crying and I thought something was wrong with me. The reason people kept saying these things about me, cause like in my head I was, I had tunnel vision. I'm like, these are my goals. This is what I wanna do. I'm just looking straight ahead. And then all these people are telling me that like, I think i'm better than them and i was like i wasn't even thinking about you i remember i was like in 10th grade and this girl brought this um yearbook from the third grade and i was like oh that's cool let me go look at what i looked like in third grade and my picture was marked out and i was like i didn't even know who you were in third grade why did you hate me this much <laughs> like people have been disrespectful to me and like it wasn't until recently that I learned a lot of this is just projection it's like people view Aquarians in a certain way so then they start projecting that back to you and be like you are this way I was like I wasn't even doing anything I was minding my business and y'all are being mean to me so y'all really need to stop that (laughs) you know what there is this weird thing with people thinking Aquarius, which again, other parts of your chart, um, matter as well, but think they, like they're heartless or they don't have emotions. And for me, I, you know, for the longest, all I knew is that I was Aquarius. I didn't know my whole chart, but I remember people, I think I used to give off an energy that was like very detached and emotionless. And really, uh, you know, I wish I could tell those people it's actually just trauma, from attachment issues and learn <laughs> and learning when I was younger that you can't get attached to anybody because they'll disappoint you or leave you. So, yeah, that's weird. I I, I really I've been curious about that too with the whole Aquarius thing. There's I, I I know people that say that they will not date an Aquarius. And listen, the only group in the Aquarius community who I would say they could stay away from me Are Aquarius men Now if you want to drag somebody Drag them Because I haven't met one yet That wasn't toxic <laughs> I, I actually dated An Aquarius man And I feel like He will not date another Aquarius woman So I'll just say that <laughs> two could play that game <laughs> So something else about aquarians that i saw was people being like aquarius tend to be like two to three years above their peers and it reminded me kind of like all of these things that i did in my life like when i went natural i went natural in 2011 and most people around me went natural in 2013 2014 um and people were mean to me like most of the people who were natural at that time were biracial or lesbians or were going through like emotional breakdowns so that's what people accused me they were like you're either a lesbian or you're going you're having mental health issues which i was but i wasn't having an emotional breakdown but um People were really mean to me. I know I've had several people who pressure me to put a perm in my hair, who told me, you know, I wasn't gonna get a man. I wasn't gonna amount to anything because I was wearing my natural hair. And like, for me, I felt some type of way, like, years later when people finally were like, oh, I went natural because of you. And for me, it was hard for me to feel happy because I was like, you know, in this process of you going natural, you hurt me. Like one of my friends who was the first one I showed when I chopped off my relaxed ends, she was like, God made perms for a reason. And now her and her (laughs) children are natural. So it's like hard for me to be happy because I'm like, you hurt me. So yeah, that's another thing. Y'all need to be nicer to Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> Will you come to me, come to me nicely, please. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny because I went natural in um. Did I? Yeah, twenty eleven. When I, it was like as soon as I graduated high school. And let me tell you something. I'm gonna be honest. I w- This was when I cut off all of my hair. Like, I cut all of my hair. I was going through some stuff. And it's, and I've done that twice during big life transitions. So I cut all my hair off in 2011 and went natural. I just was like, well, I hadn't gotten a perm in a long time. And then I was like, I'm just going to cut this shit off. And I was going through my little stuff with transitioning to college. And then after I graduated college, I twisted my hair oh, I got fucking heat damage from this girl. Actually, me and three other friends who let this girl straighten our hair for graduation got heat damage. um, And it was just so bad. I was like, oh, well, I'll just twist it and let some let it lock up and just leave it alone. Then I was like, I hate this. I hate everything. And I cut it all off again. And so that was my last big chop. Now... Of course, at the beginning when the pandemic shut everything out, I I decided to lock my hair officially because I kept going back and forth about it. Um, and like, y'all, we know that charts matter, but this is up for debate. But I do think I've always heard that Aquariuses are very like innovative or ahead of the game. So that makes sense. And I've always... It's so weird. I don't know if it got anything to do with me being an Aquarius. But I've definitely always been an outsider or just trying to do something, um, you know, different. And usually it's just related to me trying to find myself. It's never like I'm trying to be that girl with like, no, I'm not like you other girls. No, it's really just I'm trying to figure out who I am. So I'm just experimenting. Um, Even now, like I've been experimenting with my style. And trying to find something that feels good and makes me feel confident in my body. So, I don't know. I feel like we the innovators of the planets. Just saying. (laughs) I agree. And y'all need to be nice to us. (laughs) Also, Toni Morrison, Aquarius. Excuse me. And also, Alice Walker. You're welcome. Aquarius. (laughs) yeah y'all gonna hate us in february because both of our birthdays are in february and that's when the season two starts so we gonna be feeling ourselves get ready (laughs) okay y'all so we said this episode was gonna be random please bear with us y'all this is the last episode um this this might be related to um what i talked about earlier but also this is probably gonna come up again child they still on the internet calling our um ancestors demons and telling us that we open in portals to hell and let me tell you something i'll see you when i get there i will see you when i get there i'm tired what is going on so this is my thing if you are focused on your relationship with god and your salvation and all that stuff why are y'all so pressed about like black people doing ancestral veneration or black people doing hoodoo or black people doing other kind of ATRs and calling it like worshiping false gods? Nobody said that our ancestors were gods. What are you talking about? And I always wonder, like when these people... Who in real life they're super hateful and nasty and all they have going for them is quoting scriptures in the Bible. I be wondering, like, well, if we go to hell, why do you think somehow that all of the terrible things you say and do and feel about people is gonna like excuse you? If I, I just feel like we are busting hell wide open, if that's the case, but for me, and I'll I'll this will probably I'll probably keep saying it. I am not moved any longer by fear and the fear of hell or demons is not going to be the catalyst for me, quote unquote, being a real person, a a good person or quote unquote, pushing me back into the church. Okay. Like, so I I don't know. I I just don't know what y'all expect. I'm trying to figure out in the Bible where it says you are supposed to like, Force people to conform to what you believe in or whatever biblical, whatever, you know, religious text you use. I don't evangelize the people I share and I have to tread lightly because sometimes I do be like, oh, you should make an altar. But I have to reel it back because not everybody want to do that. And I'm okay with that. But it's just like. Is there I, I I know back in back in the day in church, they used to say you're supposed to spread the good word, but you can tell me. Plead your case and leave me alone. But y'all aren't pleading your case. You're not spreading the good news of God and you're not doing so with love. You're you doing this, that and the other. and You open yourself to demons and that's demon possession and you going to hell and da 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 da. What is that? What is that? I'm done. That's all I got to say. Mind your business and mind your own soul, honey, because I'm not concerned about hell. I'm going to tell you that right now. okay then um, <laughs> i know for me i just i get so frustrated when i see people who are not minding their business like there are a lot of rich celebrities who are like these people from guatemala are trying to cross our border into the united states and i'm like what does that have to do with you Like, why are you so pressed about that? I'm like, you are rich. You can do whatever you want. Why are you pressed that people are trying to survive by going to a new country? What does that have to do with you? So I really don't understand people who make it their business to hate other people. I'm like, we are all sent to this earth to do our work. And maybe if you were focused on what you were sent here to do, and mind your own business you wouldn't have all this hate you wouldn't be upset every two seconds about other people out here living their life minding their business doing what they were sitting here to do like why i just don't understand why the people are so upset i i figured out the title of the episode mind your business mind your ancestors period period (laughs) Okay, well, did you have any other thoughts about before we go to our little wrap-up? Yes, I have one more rant. <laughs> I'm full of rants this season. But a couple of weeks ago, I saw this white woman on Twitter who was like, unpopular opinion, but no one under the age of 30 needs to be writing a book. And I was like, wow. And then she went and like revised her initial tweet because everyone was commenting and be like, what about this person, that person, all these young people who are writing great stories under the age of 30, like Rupi Carr, Zadie Smith, Alice Walker. Um, And it just. Like it upset me because like one, I'm trying to write a book and I don't need a white person telling me it doesn't matter. And then two, it also obsessed me because I'm like, you're white, even white women, you know, back in the day could still write their own stories. Like you've always had these opportunities, whether you had to write your name under a male name or whatever, you still had the opportunity to tell your own story. And it's like, us especially black people who are descendants of enslaved ancestors our stories have been stripped from us we have generations of stories that are begging to be told and you are out here telling me that that's not important that i need to be quiet because i haven't reached your age limit Ugh, and that just pissed me off but anyway like right after i had saw it i saw this um young journalist, she's twenty and she's coming out with her second book and her first book had like critical acclaim. So I was like, you know and she's black. She's black too. So I was like, you know, we are out here and we are doing it. And you're not gonna stop me by telling me I need to be a certain age to meet your limits. I'm sorry that you're thirty and you haven't figured out who you are or your writing style, but that doesn't mean I haven't figured out mine. The end. Well what did she revise the tweet to say? She was like, oh, I understand that there were some great authors. So maybe most people shouldn't publish a book before the age of 30. And I'm like, no. Yeah, I want to acknowledge that like the in the, in this whole like competitive, you know, writing sphere or whatever, there is a lot of ageism when it comes to like, you know, 30 under 30 or 40 under 40 and that kind of thing. And, and and it does put pressure on people to feel like they have to publish while they're young. Now we know Toni Morrison, wasn't she, was she 40 when she published? She her was Thursday? 38. 38. Yeah. And that's something that she's always, she's openly talked about in interviews. Um, she would be, have been considered a late bloomer. Well, that late bloomer got a Nobel peace prize but there's also, um, am I lying? It was the Nobel in literature, right? Okay. <laughs> Child, don't give me the line on here. But also, there's been younger writers, um, like, uh, Tomi Adayime. I'm, yeah, I, like 24. Yeah. I apologize for mispronouncing, uh, if I mispronounced the last name, but, uh, she wrote Children of Blood and Bone. Um, and that book had I, that book was on the bestseller. I think, every uh that series like each series each book that she's released from that series has been a bestseller um like top ten if not number one so you know everybody has when it comes to writing everybody's journey is different but I also think some of that is projection and like you said feeling insecure because of the ageism that does happen in the writing community like I do wanna acknowledge that but at the same time like don't discourage young people who want to tell their stories. Like a lot of people, some people have lived a lot of life even before 30 and they deserve to tell their stories. They they deserve to try. They deserve to mess up, rewrite if they decide when they get older. Like Kiese has said this before. Um, and he said that like, you can write several kinds of memoirs, memoirs. Like, so whatever you write about your life, Before 30 or even well, yeah, so I'm specifically talking about memoirs That's you can write something completely different in your 30s or your 40s. Like because I've heard people say you shouldn't be writing a memoir before a certain age. But even when it comes to fiction and that kind of thing, like. Writers grow if I if somebody writes a book before 30. Cool. Like if it's not that great. They still deserve to have their story out there in the world. And, you know, even that's subjective, because at the end of the day, somebody out there is going to connect with your work. It doesn't matter what the right the, the people that are obsessed with the, the canon when it comes to writing or obsessed with like awards and that kind of thing. If you write a book, it's going to be some people out there who it resonates with. And they don't care if your characters are underdeveloped or if the plot isn't strong. Okay, like. You know, so do what you got to do and stop worrying about getting validation for people um, who are obsessed with trying to meet standards that have really been set by mostly white male writers. I'm not interested in reaching their standards. I'm interested in writing my stories, telling my truths and hoping hoping that the people who need those stories, if that those stories find them or they find those stories other than that. You know, that's back to the theme of today. Mind your business, mind your ancestors. I also wanted to add with Toni Morrison, she wrote a book when she wanted to write a book. I think she probably was always capable of writing a great book. Um, And when she talked about writing The Bluest Eye, she was like, I just wanted to see if I could write it. And that was why she wrote it. And a lot of writers, when they write their first book, they're like, I just want to see if I can write a book. So I don't think you have to be a certain age to write your first book. You just have to want to write a book to or be ready or feel like you're ready to write that book. I think for me growing up, I, I didn't really get the ageism. I was always told that young writers are bad writers. Um, And once I get to a certain age, then I'll be a good writer. Um, And so I think my struggle, especially this year with writing, has been fighting back against that and being like, no, I I can be the best writer I can be right now. And that's enough. I don't have to be number one on a bestseller list. I just have to write the best book that I can write at 25. And even looking at other writers who I, whose work I've admired and I follow on Twitter, I found out most of them were younger than me. <laughs> so I was like, wow, okay. And, and some of them are also writing books because they are ready to write books. Um, so I think, again, it is best to mind your business. Some of us know who we are or at least have a good idea. Some of us have put in the work needed to create good stories, let us write them. Leave us alone. Yes, no, that's that's so true. And as as a writer, it goes back to that whole idea. Look at us bringing it full circle. When I was talking about celebrity culture and your own discernment, that happens in the writing community too. You think because oh, this big deal writer who's been a bestseller got this award, they say something super absolute on Twitter. And all of a sudden you internalize it. I had to stop that shit too. I've had to stop that shit when somebody who I respect and know, like a writer that I know on a personal level says some stuff. And I'm like, damn, if they can do it, I should be able to do it. And because I can't do that. I'm never going to be a real writer. You can't do that either. It doesn't matter if it's your mentor. It doesn't matter if it's a friend or somebody, you know, who you worked under, and you respect. Not everybody's way is your way. Not every spiritualist who practice something a certain way is going to work for you. Not every writer, not every whoever, whatever is happening, whatever, whoever, whatever people you follow on social media, who you admire for whatever reason, what's for them is for them. What's for you is for you. So don't be internalizing that stuff. Like Leah said earlier, we were all sent here. We were all sent here for a particular reason um and some people believe that we choose our destinies and if that's true I'm I'm thankful for the destiny that I chose for myself at this point in my life I trust I trust that you know I made the right decision when I was up there in the heavens <laughs> so <laughs> so what is what are some things you're excited about for our next season um so far I'm really excited about some of the episodes that we have planned i have some stories i gotta tell (laughs) um i'm excited for also uh, a guest or two excited for the people that we get to talk to next season um and i'm just excited to continue to do this work and to to talk to people and get the support that we have and build the community that we are building i'm excited about all that Yeah, I I got a feeling next season going to get spicy and I'm excited about it, Um, especially February. I'm ready. But um, yeah, I'm excited about next season. I'm excited about some of the people we are going to interview. I'm also excited for a little surprise we have for y'all in January. And (laughs) so, yeah. Yeah. So thank you for coming this far with us and we hope you will, you know, get back with us next year. So Leah, <laughs> and I'll say mine too, what's one of your favorite episodes or moments from this season? I actually have a few. <laughs> um, I think coming into this season, I knew that I wanted to talk about Mississippi because I know what it's like to live outside of it for three years and kind of the- the myths that people keep throwing at me. I was very happy um, when Brittany joined us. And when she started talking, I was like, well, let me be quiet over here because she got this. (laughs) Um, So I was very happy about that season or about that episode. And I also really loved our conspiracy theory episode, especially now with the vaccine. I keep thinking back to when you were like a lot of these conspiracy theories are rooted in real trauma that black people have faced. And it's kind of a way of us to make meaning out of that suffering, but to also avoid um, further hurt as a means of survival. So I keep going back to that too. So those are my my favorite moments. What are yours? Um, You know what? This is hard because I would have, I love the Mississippi episode. I love talking with Brittany and us just like laughing and reminiscing together about growing up in Mississippi and defending Mississippi's name, period. Um, (laughs) But you know what? The God in Nature episode, it felt really good to just talk that out. Like, I don't know, it almost felt therapeutic to like, talk about our journeys and just how magical it felt for like even hearing your story it just felt so magical the way that we um found ourselves or survived ourselves or and that kind of thing through the natural world um so i really love that episode but it's hard to choose between that one in mississippi and i love the conspiracy episode too so i'm gonna just say by default the Mississippi episode is my favorite because that was hilarious. Because some of the stuff that y'all mentioned, I'm never going to get over the fact that y'all didn't, like, people think we don't got swimming pools. That is <laughs> that is disrespectful. I, I ain't going to get over that for a while. I done heard a lot about what people outside of Mississippi think about Mississippi. But swimming pools, that's got to top it. Y'all think we don't got... Let me hush. Let me just hush. But yeah, that episode was so funny. It was... I I enjoyed it. Thinking back to the God in nature, this morning I was reading some of my old poetry from when I was like 13 to 17 years old. And I was thinking back, Shook talking about her first step away from the white man being God was trees. And in a lot of my poetry, it's talking about stars. So I think that was kind of my first step away from seeing a white man as God was looking at the stars. Um, so I just wanted to add that to last uh to the last episode. Because yeah. That was a good episode. Yeah. I think we we gotta do something similar. Um Next season or like follow up with some of these conversations because we did not get to, We didn't even get to dig as deep as we could at TBH, even though I felt like we did. We dug really deep. So I am. This is this is the season finale. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I want to say one more thing before we get off of here. And this is extra. Leah didn't see this coming. But I want y'all to know. We both put a lot of work into this, but the fact that the editing and the production aspect, like Leah did a lot of that, the tech, the tech work, because I don't know shit <laughs> about that. And so I just want to acknowledge that because when I posed this idea, um, like back in what, August or July, I feel like you came, you know, you followed up and then we started planning and I'm going to be honest. I was nervous. I was scared. I was like, I don't know if we can really do this. What happens? What if people don't fuck with us like that? And now on average, we have a little under what? 200 people listening per episode, I think. And every day the number is rising or like new people will find us and say, oh, my gosh, I love this discussion. So I just want to honor Leah's work with this podcast and honor us for honor us both. For starting this journey, even when it felt like the odds were against us, even when we felt like do we have the resources? You know, do we, you know, are we interesting enough? Or are conversations gonna be interesting enough? And thank thank you to the people, our friends, strangers, whoever who are rocking with us and who connect with us. Like, I I mean, I'm I'm super thankful and super shocked and also like excited for the ways that this podcast and the communities that we are building um, is going to continue to grow. So those are my final thoughts. (laughs) Thank you for thanking me. (laughs) But also, I think that kind of goes back to alignment. Um, My last two jobs were like in marketing, event planning, uh podcast editing video editing so a lot of these skills that i'm using for these this podcast were jobs that i was like i don't even know why i'm here (laughs) but but maybe i was at those jobs so that way i could be here so that way i could be able to do that so i'm grateful for that and again i am grateful for all of you um for listening for supporting us for, for sending us money. <laughs> I'm very appreciative for that. And um, we hope that y'all keep listening. Y'all keep sharing this podcast with your friends. And yeah, the end. Final thoughts. <laughs> All right. Well, if you like this podcast, make sure you like, rate, and review Hulu Plant Mamas on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever other streaming platform you use. Um, give us those five stars. Also, take this time while we're taking our month off um, for the next before the next season to go back and revisit episodes. You know what I mean. Um, also, share your podcast with your friends. Follow us on Twitter at Hulu Plants and Instagram at Hulu Plant Mamas. Um. So thank y'all so much for joining us this season. We are excited about all the things coming in. 2021 so thank y'all and see y'all then bye bye this show was created and produced by a black girl named danny and a black girl named leah our music was produced by a black girl named tasha who do plant mamas y'all be blessed